0: For the fans in the Midwest, but heard coast to coast. The ones that bleed red and yellow. This is the Another Screenplay Chiefs Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Another Screenplay Chiefs Podcast. I am your host, Travis Steffen. I want to apologize that this episode took way too long to get out, but starting Saturday, my allergies were insane. I have been congested, as you can probably tell, still am a little bit, but this is the first time that I have actually been able to speak without just wanting to die being out of breath. So today we're going to talk about the Chiefs going into New England and creating a huge upset and defeating the Patriots on banner night in New England. To start the season off 1-0. What a game. I don't even know where to start. I was jumping off my couch almost the whole entire game. Every time Hunt got the ball, I was jumping off my couch. Every time I saw Alex Smith actually throw a pass in front of Tyreek Hill or in front of Kareem Hunt, I wanted to jump off my couch, and I did. I lost my voice partially that night. The game didn't start off that well, though. The Patriots started off with the ball, and they moved down the field and scored a touchdown. I was not in panic mode yet, but Kareem Hunt, his very first NFL career carry, goes for about nine yards, and then the ball gets punched out, and the Patriots take over in Chiefs territory. I put my hands over my face. I could not believe it. I was like, this... This drive for New England will decide how this game goes. If New England goes down and scores a touchdown quickly off of this turnover, I had little hope that the Chiefs could come back and win this game. But they didn't. In fact, Kareem Hunt, in his interview after the game, said when he was going over to the sideline, you could see him just so angry with himself and just so upset that he fumbled, because he didn't fumble at all in college. This, This wasn't like him. And he went over to the sideline, and you saw a little bit, you know, like Albert Wilson and a couple of the other guys, but he said in his interview that the defensive players were coming over to him and telling him, we got this. Don't worry about it. You'll get another chance. Don't sweat it. We got you. And they did. They the Patriots on fourth and one decided to go for it and the Chiefs defense shut it down. They did exactly what they've been doing in the preseason. Every time someone went for a fourth and short or even a third and short up the middle, they stuffed it. So instead of New England taking even a 10 point lead, the game is still seven to nothing and the Chiefs offense takes the field again. And wow, The Chiefs' offense responded, looked, they didn't look like they just fumbled the ball. They took the momentum shift of the defense stuffing the Patriots on fourth and one, and they went down and tied the game. What an amazing game overall. I can't tell you anybody that that stood out to me that I was just like, God, they're having a terrible game. And some of you are probably, you know, looking at your phone right now or just kind of, staring off with that confused look on your face, like, what about Terrence Mitchell or Philip Gaines or some of those other guys? I went back and watched, and I I know a lot of you guys follow Seth Kaiser on Twitter who did a film review on Terrence Mitchell, and he came to the same conclusion I did. When I I went back and watched the All-22 film, Terrence Mitchell struggled in the beginning of the game, and there was a couple times in the second half where he had pass interference calls. And they were disgusting. I get that. But there were also moments where Terrence Mitchell was shutting down whoever he was guarding. And keep in mind that a lot of the game, Terrence Mitchell was covering Brandon Cooks. A guy that is one of the fastest receivers in the league. And Terrence Mitchell is a corner that is tall, uh, big, and kind of shut you down at at the at the point of the attack at, right at the line of scrimmage he's going to shut you down he's going to get his hands on you he's physical and so you're going to get some of those pass interference calls with a big physical guy like terrence mitchell but for the most part he shut it down and in key situations towards the end of the game he came up big and yes he had a few disgusting pass interference calls and he got beat once or twice pretty bad but overall going back and looking at every snap of his I think he did pretty good especially for a guy who didn't play at all in the preseason so I was not upset with how he played I was not upset with how Philip Gaines played and that was the real concern of mine going into this game and I honestly thought that Tom Brady was going to try and take advantage more of Philip Gaines than he did but You go back and look, and something I noticed on defense, and of course everybody noticed this. They even put the stat up on the screen during the game. Tom Brady only threw to the receiver that Marcus Peters was covering one time. Zero completions. Marcus Peters shut down the entire side of the field which means that the rest of the defense could focus on the other side. Guys like Eric Berry could stay on Gronkowski, which is another person that I was so pumped watching because that was was the main uh, issue that I was looking at when going into this game was the Chiefs have had a hard time covering Gronkowski whenever they play. You go back to the playoff game in the 2015 season, they did not have an answer for him. Okay, and on this night Gronkowski had two catches for 33 yards on 6 targets, zero touchdowns. Okay, Eric Berry was lined up in, on him all night, and in the beginning of the game, the the defense was having Houston and Barry lined up right over Gronkowski to chip him at the line. And anyone who wants to still sit here and tell me that Eric Barry is a terrible coverage safety, stop. I will not talk to you. In fact, I have a guy at work that tried to tell me the same thing, who is a Patriots fan, telling me that he is trash in coverage. He wasn't on Thursday night. Shut down Gronk. Now, yes, there was some bracketing on Gronk. He had a little bit of help here and there. But most of it was Barry being right on Gronk. And every time that Brady decided to throw to Gronk, Barry was right there being physical and knocking it away. Making it to where if Brady wanted to throw to him, it was going to be a very, very tight window. So... I am done arguing with anybody that tries to tell me that Barry cannot cover. Okay, so moving on from that, Barry is going to be out for the season with a ruptured Achilles tear. And I know a lot of people are freaking out about this. It it is a loss. There's no one that can step up and be Eric Barry. I think that Barry is probably, in my opinion the best safety in the league. Of course, that could be argued and, you know, going any which way. But at the same time, the safety position is a position for the Kansas City Chiefs that they probably have the most depth at. And you're not going to have just one guy filling in for that uh, That role. Uh, you'll see some, some of Sorensen, But I think that Sorensen will kind of stick to his role in coming up into the box and being that kind of hybrid linebacker. But I think that you're going to see a lot of Eric Murray, who is a second-year safety who's been sitting behind Eric Berry, and who had a little bit of playing time last year. Played well in the preseason. He got a lot of knock in one of the first preseason games for a missed tackle that went for a lot of yardage. But overall... Eric Murray is, he plays a lot like Eric Berry in the sense that wherever the ball is, within a few yards, you're going to spot Murray. So I am excited to see how Eric Murray steps up and gets his shot at playing uh, at a more advanced role and getting some more playing time. I want to see what he can do, Um, but it's still a huge loss to have Barry out, but there's definitely other positions that if a elite player in another position, like say Justin Houston got hurt or Marcus Peters got hurt, it would hurt a lot more. Um But I am a little nervous in the sense that Barry was a complete run stopper. And when you have Justin Houston on the field, he completely takes that whole side away for the run game. And you'll notice that teams always run towards D. Ford. And part of that is because of Justin Houston. And the other part of that is because D. Ford is terrible playing the run. He gets pushed out of the play by tight ends. He gets mauled over. This is his fourth year in the season. And he still cannot even be average at stopping the run and it's something that is just infuriating to me because all this time that you've played and you were a first round pick you had a lot of um a lot of hype on you and you know a lot of expectations and we have not really seen a huge step up for him he had a good year on Justin Houston's side last season But he was still inconsistent and still could not stop the run, and now he's going back over to his side, and yes, he is a good pass rusher. But if you cannot stop the run, or at least put a dent in it, I don't know if D. Ford makes it past his fifth-year option. And if he does, and he gets a big contract, that's not something that I would agree with. But I'm not the coach, I'm not in the front office, that's just my take, but... I still need to see a lot from D Ford. I I did not jump on that bandwagon last year, um, so we'll we'll see what he does this year. Uh, but that that's where Barry being out for the year concerns me. Is Barry helped on that side shut down the run, and so I expect uh, DJ to step up a little bit. Hopefully Eric Murray can come and help out a little bit. Hopefully uh, Daniel Sorensen can step up a little bit against the run, but that that's my main concern. But let's talk about some good topics. Going back to Kareem Hunt, who fumbles on his first career rush and doesn't. You know he he goes over to the sideline. He's he's a little pissed off at himself. Comes back in, finishes the night. Breaking the record of any rookie yards from scrimmage. He had 17 carries for 148 yards and a touchdown. And then had 5 catches for 98 yards and 2 touchdowns. 246 yards from scrimmage. Okay? That is a great showing by Kareem Hunt in his first game in the NFL. Welcome to the NFL, Rookie. I think that, you know, we, we went into this game and I put a post over on Arrowhead Addict about how there needs to be a third weapon. You know, the the Patriots are going to try and take away and bracket Kelsey like they did in the playoffs and they, they took him away for, you know, majority of the game. He didn't do a whole lot. Um, but they were also going to try and... Devote extra help over to Tyreek Hill. So, who is going to be that third weapon? And we talked about how the Steelers really kind of shut down Kelsey. They didn't really shut down Hill, it was more of Smith missing opportunities. But either way, there wasn't that third weapon in the playoff game. Kareem Hunt stepped up and was that third weapon. And I, I talked about it in the article how the run game had the running backs had to be not only great in the run game but they had to step up in the passing game as well and he did that on his own he was the only running back to get the ball aside from char Kendrick west at the very end of the game on his 21 yard touchdown and you saw hill and you saw d'anthony thomas get you know one or two in the backfield but i could do without seeing that again um i don't want d'anthony thomas back there and Honestly, just keep Tyreek Hill on the outside. Uh, here and there, you can do a trick play, but I don't need to be seeing Tyreek Hill doing a power run. I don't, I don't want to see that anymore. Um, but you also saw here and there other weapons show up from time to time. You saw uh, Albert Wilson showed up for a little bit down a drive or two, had five touches for 37 yards, and he looked pretty good. Uh, for a guy that wasn't about to get drilled right as he catches it, but he got the first downs when he was thrown to, and you saw Demetrius Harris get a couple catches, one for a touchdown, a great catch for a touchdown, in fact. Um, That was my guy that I wondered if they were going to try to make a huge factor in this game, being another big tight end, and with... Kelsey being bracketed and extra safety help going over to Tyree Kill. That would leave him one-on-one. And I was kind of bummed that I didn't see him get a bigger role. But I am not at all disappointed in how this entire offense looked. And speaking of which, Alex Smith. Alex Smith went 28 for 35. 368 yards and four touchdowns once again in Foxborough on Banner Night. Nation watching you. Big time game. Probably the biggest game that you will have until the postseason. And he played lights out. And after the game, I got a tweet from one of my followers. Uh, I think that you owe Alex Smith an apology. And I laughed. I'm not going to lie. I wasn't I wasn't mad uh I laughed at this and I responded and uh I'm pretty sure I said how so and you know they they said that um I had stated that Alex Smith couldn't do this and that's not, I'm going to clarify this and a lot of people have been asking me about this because in f- prior podcasts or on Twitter or in my articles I've said I don't think that Alex Smith will Not, he cannot, but will win you a Super Bowl this year. And this game does not change how I think about that. I do not think that Alex Smith is going to win you a Super Bowl this year. But I am not saying that he is incapable of winning a Super Bowl. But one game is not going to change my mind no matter how big it was, how great of a game he played. But second off, I'm not going to apologize For thinking that, just because Alex Smith finally did what everybody's been asking from him. To throw the ball in front of Tyreek Hill and not make him come back for the ball. To actually take deep shots down the field. To be consistent. To not uh, freak out on third down. I mean, he did when he tripped over himself and... God, that was miserable to watch. But other than that, looked very good in this game. And I am not expecting Alex Smith to have games like this and play at this level all year. I I definitely expect for him to take a little bit of a step back against the Philadelphia Eagles. I think that he still should have a pretty good game considering that their secondary is not all that great, but they have a great front seven. So we will see how he does under pressure because the new England front seven is nowhere near the Philadelphia Eagles front seven, but the Eagles secondary is a huge question mark. So that will definitely be something that we talk about tomorrow when I do a preview podcast for the Eagles game but I do not think that Alex Smith is going to play this lights out all season in Alex's career he has not had a season with two 300 plus yard games in a regular season so I'm not saying he can't I actually think that he probably will have another 300 plus yard game this season. But until I see Alex Smith play at this level consistently, I will not even get close to jumping on the bandwagon of him winning a Super bowl for Kansas city. And until I see him do this in the playoffs, because We've seen Alex Smith and this team, not just Alex Smith, but the team win games in the regular season. They went 12-4 and last year. And you can argue that, oh, well, he got you 12 wins last year. No, he did not. The team got 12 wins last year. There was maybe one game that he picked them up on their back, on his back, and won the game. And that was in week one. After Keenan Allen got hurt, momentum shifted, and he did. He carried his team to victory. But how many games did Alex Smith also almost cost you last year? Because if it was not for defense and special teams in a lot of those games, the Chiefs would have lost. And the best example is the Carolina game. You could even argue the Atlanta game, even though I think that that was one of Alex's better showings. But in the Panthers game, the offense could not do anything. Alex Smith looked awful, overthrowing wide-open receivers, underthrowing receivers, not seeing guys wide open. I mean, it was terrible. But the defense picked it off and took it back for a touchdown. So you have to look at what we have seen from Alex Smith in the past. You can't just look at this one game in week one especially and say that Alex Smith is gonna win us a Super Bowl because look what he did here. And something else I want to go over and you know, this kinda varies opinions on person to person, but something I question is why does it take Alex's team drafting a rookie quarterback in the first round for him to play at this level. Okay, go back to San Francisco, and the year that they drafted Colin Kaepernick, Alex Smith played very well until he got hurt that year. And then Colin Kaepernick took over and never gave the job back. And the next year, Alex Smith was traded to the Chiefs. And a lot of people are saying that I don't think that that's a real thing. But Alex Smith stated in an interview, uh, when they asked him about the Chiefs drafting Patrick Mahomes, he said it lit a fire under him. Why was that fire not already lit, is my question. I get that it gives you a little more to, you know, more uh competitiveness but as an NFL quarterback as a veteran NFL quarterback why were you not already playing at your top level you know we've seen him be this conservative captain checkdown and i don't understand why it takes drafting a rookie quarterback for alex smith to step up take more shots downfield take more chances And be the player that he can be. Because Alex Smith is a good quarterback. We saw it on Thursday night against the Patriots. So why can he not do this consistently? And you can sit here and blame Andy Reid's playbook all you want. But once again, you go back to the Steelers game in the playoffs. And that was probably the most aggressive Play calling I've seen from Andy Reid all last season. Alex Smith. Yes, he was let down by his receivers a little bit by so many drop passes, but you didn't see him. You you saw Alex Smith making mistakes as well. You saw the receivers having issues, and Alex Smith not able to take the team on his back and lead them to victory. You saw Alex Smith missing Tyreek Hill and other receivers wide open downfield. That is what frustrates me. We didn't see any of that in New England. And it was fantastic. I loved the play calling by Andy Reid. There was some very interesting uh, plays by Andy Reid. Like Travis Kelsey switching positions in the backfield with Alex Smith and taking the snap to do the read option. I loved it. I loved what I saw. I want to see Alex succeed. I don't don't want to sit here and talk down on Alex Smith. I don't enjoy feeling the way I do about Alex Smith. But I am not a hater of Alex Smith. I think that he can succeed. I think that Alex Smith could probably win you a Super Bowl. But until he shows me that he can play at an elite level or even a really good level consistently through a, through whole games, not just the first and the last drive like we saw all last season, do it in the regular season on a consistent basis. And then go into the playoffs and do it again. Prove me wrong. I want the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl this year with Alex Smith. Yes, that means Patrick Mahomes will probably sit for another year. And I'm okay with that if Alex Smith is playing elite. If he is getting you to those games. If he is winning for you in the playoffs. If he is playing consistently. But... Another person I want to talk about that didn't get a lot of hype, especially right after the game, was Ron Parker. Ron Parker had something like 11 or 12 tackles. He was playing a lot of single high, and he was all over the field. Ron Parker, I have stated, is one of the most underrated safeties. And he will have to step up a little bit more with Eric Berry being out. But I have full confidence in Ron Parker. To do whatever they need to do with him. He can blitz. He can come down and cover tight ends. Shoot, we saw him covering the Z position last year against Tampa Bay when Peters went out. Okay? He can stop the run. I am fully confident in Ron Parker. And I want to see him get a little more recognition this year. But to wrap up the episode, I want to... Give my game ball your MVP MVP guys on both sides of the ball. And on the offensive side is Kareem Hunt. Your rookie debut, you just made Sports Illustrated magazine cover. You broke records. Looked fantastic. I was definitely uh, worried with Spencer Ware getting hurt. And it doesn't matter if you think that Kareem Hunt is better than Spencer Ware. But I would definitely like that duo a lot more. And I don't want to see Kareem Hunt be the bell cow. I don't want to see him getting all the carries. I do want to see a little bit of a split. I want to see Kareem Hunt get most. But when Spencer Ware is already hurt, you have CJ Spiller sitting right behind Hunt, who is injury prone beyond belief. And you have Chuck Kendrick West who got banged up quite a bit last year and is nothing that you're going to be really excited for. Unless he can get back to his 2015 self. So you have, you know, a weaker duo and the fact that if Kareem Hunt does get hurt, what do you have? But you also got to realize that Kareem Hunt in college was playing 10 game seasons. They're now playing 16. And I also want him to be fresh for the playoffs. But excellent game. By Kareem Hunt um, on the defensive side of course is Eric Berry covered the best tight end in the league and did it in extreme fashion uh, once again Gronkowski Gronkowski only getting two catches on six targets for 33 yards took him out of the game and I am so bummed that he is out for the season but he definitely gets the MVP on the defensive side. And I know there is a lot of stuff we could still talk about with this game. But I'm trying to keep these episodes around 30 minutes. And um, next week, I will be a lot better at getting these episodes out. Hopefully, this congestion will go away. Um, so, I know my wife is telling me to go to the doctor. She thinks I have a sinus infection. But I don't like doctors. Mm-mm. Nope. Don't do it. Um... So just drinking a lot of Sunny D and water and sleeping as much as I can, even though this podcast is keeping me up way past my bedtime. Um, But I will will do a lot better next week. And I will have an episode for you tomorrow going over what to expect in the Philadelphia Eagles coming to Arrowhead. Doug Peterson, head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, coming back to Arrowhead to face off against his mentor in Andy Reid. So, we'll talk about that tomorrow, and I might even do three episodes next week. Just, just since you guys had to wait this week, I might do three episodes next week. But, uh, if anything, expect for Tuesday and Friday podcasts. I'm going to do Tuesday to talk about the game that we had just seen. Give me a little time to rewatch it a couple times. And then Friday for your Red Friday episode. Um. So be on the lookout for those. And sorry, once again, that this took way too long to get out. I'm sure you can tell I'm still congested. Um, but even if I am needing to go to the doctor and get, in, get an inhaler, I will do a podcast tomorrow, I promise you. So thanks again. Make sure that wherever you're listening to this, hit that subscribe button. And if you will... Leave a good review. Five star review would be very nice and generous. If you're not going to do five stars, please don't. Um, the ratings on iTunes, Stitcher, all of wherever you're listening to this, and if you have an app that you like to use and it's not showing up on there, let me know. I'll get it on there. But the reviews help get this podcast out there, helps get uh, more more listens and views. It gets more uh, advertising on google and yahoo and all that stuff so definitely hit the reviews let me know what you think on either twitter facebook or in the itunes review section and just let me know what you guys think let me know what you want to hear and i will talk to you guys tomorrow see ya